It's 6am, rise and shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Thursday to you, and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Thursday edition of The Grind, as as today is a new day. Sports is back. Major League Baseball opening day is today. Two games to go tonight, starting at 7 p.m. The break, the stoppage, the everything that has been is done. Uh, the effects will still linger in, but we have sports, live sports. I literally was looking up on ESPN, trying to get schedule, who's matching up, what time they start, who's the who's the starting pitchers, and I was on yesterday. Schedule, no games. Click today, Thursday, July twenty third. Boom, populated schedule. I'm like. There's just something there's just something holy about that. <laughs> and I I know, you know, it, it's amazing. Uh I'm not I'm not a day in, day out baseball guy. Uh I, I enjoy watching it and I try to keep up with it. Because of the length of the season, it's always pushed me to be kind of a kind of a September, October fan. Uh, you know, cool. I'll watch the first couple weeks till I realize you guys are really good. And pitchers are really good, and hitters don't necessarily respond real well early. And so I'm like, I'll I'll check back with you. Well, then life happens, August happens, high school football happens. Then next thing you know, I'm like, I better catch something because the season's about over. Usually, I'm I, I'm I'm made aware of of what's going on in baseball based on the Smokies schedule, because uh, I get an opportunity to to visit and do some things with Smokies, and. Uh, Usually I'm like, oh, their season's about to come to an end. That means we're getting close to postseason in the major leagues. Let's check them out. Check out the Braves. Check out the Yankees. Uh, see what we're what we're doing, and even check out the Cubs uh, based on Smokey's affiliates. But given the 2020 dynamic, uh, we've literally on this show not had live sports long time, long time. I want to say. Um, basically the last thing that we, I guess, talked about live was maybe, uh, Tennessee's push to an SEC tournament in basketball. Um, talked a little baseball, but all of that kind of came to a head at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the last thing we kind of talked about. Uh, so today's a huge day, opening day for baseball in a 60 game sprint, uh, to the finish to, to a world series championship. Uh, and, and there's a lot of boo birds out there. And, and you know what? I don't want to try to change those opinions. I don't want if if you're listening and you have that opinion, that's why it's your opinion. That's why you get to have it because it's yours. So uh, again, I'm not going to argue or dispute the uh, the the should they play or should they not play. But I can tell you right now, sitting in this chair, um, we got something to talk about. Uh, Yankees, Nationals tonight. Uh, Giants, Dodgers tonight. Mookie Betts got that fat wallet uh, to hold in his back pocket. So uh, there's going to be a lot to talk about as far as what's going to happen tonight 
And then tomorrow, Boone and I will not only get to talk about the results of those games, but also talk about uh, Braves-Mets. You talk about Cincinnati-Detroit. You talk about Miami-Philly. Now uh, there's just a lot of uh, of of good matchups, and and at this rate, all matchups are good matchups. But uh, yesterday, kind of to kick the show off, want to talk about uh, the TSSAA having their board of controls meeting uh, yesterday to to discuss not only uh, football but also girls soccer. And uh, so the basically the the premise of the meeting was is to understand contingencies and basically start a school regulations governed by the TSSAA. So they met uh, to discuss, again, girls' soccer and football and how they should, uh, you you know, basically maneuver uh, should the governor's order be lifted on the August 29th date. Uh, Of course, they have some caveats in here should the, the order lift early. Uh, and I'll go over those as we as we mow through it. But basically, the board opted to go with option two, uh, which is an eight-game schedule. Season would start September the 18th with a four-week playoff, which would be a 16-team uh, field. Only the top two teams in each region would advance to the postseason. However, uh, the, bo- the board approved option two with a ha- hybrid caveat plan uh, associated Previously, option two, the TSSAA would select each team's region schedule, and the uh, the onus would be on the coach of each team to fill out the rest of that eight-game regular season. Under the hybrid conditions, there's more scheduling flex uh, based on when, if the governor rescinds that order. Uh, to have a 10-game regular season and full five weeks of playoffs or have non-region contests rescheduled, uh, is based on when this executive order is lifted or when it expires. Translation, uh, it's a sliding scale during the month of August. Basically, if the, the closer we get to the end of August in regard to governor's order still being in place, the closer we get to the original version of option two. The earlier uh, means we can have a, a more look of a full season. Uh, coach, coaches won't be mad, in a mad scramble to, to cobble together a schedule. I think that's very good. Uh, just discussing with other coaches, and, and I'm assuming uh, the, the, the Blunt County coaches in entirety uh, would agree to this. Uh, that's just one item they didn't need uh, going into this school year. Again, it's all based upon when the order and if the order uh, could be lifted. He said, we've had some time to look at what the least disruptive way to handle this situation Uh, This is coming from Mr. Childress from the TSSAA. In regard to the 2020 schedule, trying to see if teams can keep their schedule and not cancel contracts. I think that's ultimately what they want uh, to accomplish. He said the board passed a motion to agree that any school that encounters an outbreak, sky quotes, uh, of COVID-19 during the regular season will not suffer a win or a loss the team it was supposed to play in that regular season contest will get a win. I think that's a, that's a little interesting. However, if they encounter an outbreak during the playoffs and is un- unable to go on Friday night, as deemed such by its local school system's guidelines, they will have to forfeit the game and be eliminated from the playoff. Its opponent will receive a bye week on that week that they were to play, and they will advance. So that's uh, – that's the helter-skelter part of COVID-19. So I would, uh, I would think coaches are thinking of ways to quarantine during playoffs. 
Uh, they're they're going to want to uh, make sure their guys are not uh, not doing anything different or more risky uh, in those in those days and times. But the the board also set twelve regulations for all member schools to follow in all sports for the calendar year twenty twenty and twenty twenty one. The regulations the board set in place unanimously on Wednesday uh, were as such. Uh, were as such and are effective immediately. Uh, regulation number one, there will be temperature checks for all players, coaches, and team personnel prior to practices. If anyone has a 100.4 temperature or greater, he or she must be sent home and they can't return until they've tested negative for COVID-19 or a physician has examined them and proved COVID-19 is not the case of the fever. Uh, we've... Uh, uh, again, in the local business world, we've kind of been dealing with this and, and navigating this for some weeks. Um, that, that is very similar to protocol that, are, that is in our current workplace uh, environment. Uh, basically, if there is a set of criteria that if you click a box, you leave. But that doesn't mean you have to be tested. That doesn't mean you're out for two weeks. That means you need to be deemed either possible or unrelated by a doctor as far as it goes with COVID-19, because there's there's some scans and some different things they can do uh, that doesn't require the, the lengthy um, COVID-19 protocol. Uh, each week, uh, no coach, player, or team personnel will be able to compete or participate in their sport without a COVID-19 screening or a questionnaire. And again, I'm assuming that's been in contact with anybody that's tested positive, uh, all the symptoms, shortness of breath, sore throat, etc., uh, and then, of course, temperature scanning. Uh, no scrimmages or jamborees or seven-on-seven contests with other teams will be permitted. Uh, so if we're going to have any semblance of a season, uh, we've got to mitigate the risk as much as possible is what Childress is saying here. He's saying if you want a scrimmage, you can. It just can't be with anybody else. Uh, there, there will be no preseason matchups between Maryville and Central like we saw a year ago. Uh, we also saw one, I, I believe, uh, who came down. It was, I can't believe it. It may have been, it may have been Cleveland. It may have been one of those those Chattanooga schools that came up and and kind of scrimmaged there uh, preseason. It gave me a really good look at uh, at Maryville versus another team. So none of that will happen uh, leading up to this season. Uh, contest for players, coaches, personnel, fans, concession workers, and the like. Must have temperature checks performed on them before entering the facility for an athletic contest. It's necessary and has to be done if we're going to have any games whatsoever. Uh, this is another quote from Childress. So basically anybody that's going to be in the environment that is high school football or high school athletics uh, is going to need to be temp scanned uh, and and dealt with from, from that standpoint. And I think that's very smart because, again, it, it, it puts a it, it takes some chains off while you're in the facility while you're in a controlled environment you know if all of that is taken care of then there can be uh, pre-game post-game interviews there can be uh, that discussion there can be with some social distancing guidelines you can be and do what you need to do uh, to get this thing off the ground so a uh, number five says that at each contest or school covid 19 symptoms list, must be posted and displayed prominently. Uh, again, that'll be at the entrance. I think it'll be a long, drawn-out deal uh, to get into these venues. But again, with the limited 
them requesting some limited attendance, uh, I think that will help uh, that that side of things. Contest and and locales where fans are in attendance, member schools are encouraged to limit fan attendance to a number that would allow for adequate physical and social distancing. Schools should mark and designate seats to promote social distancing among spectators. Uh, that's that's option or regulation number six. Uh, member schools will re- be required that all fans wear facial coverings at all times while on site, except for fans two years old or younger, and maintain social distancing. So, uh, again, if you're going to come to some of these venues, and again, Blunt County, Maryville, uh, Alcoa, we there have not been word on what the attendance will look like, how this will necessarily go down. Will there be X's where you can sit, or, or will there be barricades where you can't sit? I think all of that is... Based on some criteria now, schools can start developing their own their own understanding. Uh, member schools will require that all fans wear uh, – oh, there it is. Read that one already. Temperature checks and screening questionnaires shall apply to member bands, cheerleaders, and student organizations at the contest. So, again, not saying you can't have a student section. It's just saying screenings, uh, questionnaires, temp checks will need to be done to keep you – uh, legal, if you will. Public address announcers are uh, to make multiple announcements reminding those in attendance to use masks and use social distancing. Uh, frequent cleaning and sanitation is encouraged. Concession stands are discouraged, discouraged, or if they are done, the use of social distancing to reduce crowding and fewer concession workers. So uh, I think that's that's being left up to schools and, uh, and individual uh, system administrators, but uh, I would say that things are going to be reduced in that in that regard as well. And then Regulation 12 is all coaches of member schools must complete the free uh, NFHS COVID-19 online education course. Uh, again, every coach for every school is required uh, to complete this uh, this online learning. But basically. Uh, and and again, I think I think having a plan is 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 ultimately important because if you if you just say, well, I think it's going to be lifted and we're going to do this, well, if it doesn't lift, then you're kind of flat. But on the flip side of it, if you sit here and go, oh, we're not going to have a game till September 18th, let's just plan for that. And he lifts the executive order, then you're about three weeks shy. So I think I, I think you have to 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 plan for the worst, hope for the best. And, and what I mean by that is you need to be ready to do what you're going to do, whether that's play football, whether that's be a band member, whether that's do the radio, uh, again, because that's the caveat we we supply there. Uh, we need to be ready by August 21st. That's the first game. That's the first week of action. But then if you're ready on August 21st, you're definitely going to be ready August 28th. You're definitely going to be, be ready the first week of September on through September 18th, which is where the current contingency uh, lies. Now, I, I saw some tweets and different things last night saying, well, what if he extends the executive order? Um, it's kind of like fourth and eight. You punt. You, you, you drop back, you figure something else out, and you, you go from there. But I think at this rate, uh, giving information, given the information that we're given, and again, from Mr. Childers, from local officials, yesterday wasn't a good day for Blunt County. Uh, I mean, that's just that's just point blank from a COVID protocol, from a COVID increase. 
uh, 54 cases yesterday. Uh, so it's not uh, in the most ideal of shape as far as how this thing's turning out. So um, I think you take it a day at a time, but but the, the TSSAA, air quotes again here, have spoken. Uh, they have a plan, uh, a governing plan. I think it's a very high-level look. It doesn't necessarily take into account hotbeds or cleaned-up areas. I think it meshes that together fairly well. And I think it's one of those deals to where it's still putting the 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 um, the ultimate critical nature uh, back on the individual communities. Uh, and what I mean by that is they are putting together minimum guidelines, but schools in in very high risk areas may may owe, you know opt to do no fans in the stands. Uh, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen in Blunt County. I'm just saying it may be one of those deals where if you're like in Nashville per se. I mean Davidson County and those 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 bigger counties in our state have exploded. I mean they they've never really not been on fire uh from COVID-19 perspective. But you know maybe those those school systems, those uh conferences and what have you go, you know what? Per capita this is where we're at. It's just not worth the risk for asymptomatic. It's not worth the risk for for this for that to even have fans in the stands you, you know what i'm saying uh do a family only thing or, or you know what i'm saying like there's there's all the caveats that come with it but i think the TSSAA has, has developed a roadmap. here's where you start here's where we hope to finish and then here's some contingencies should things go to pot if that makes sense so uh, i think you know they 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 understand that you've got to if you test positive you can't go uh, they understand that uh, you have to get cleared one way or another before you ever come back to the facility. And if you can't go and the other team can, you don't get a loss and they don't get a win. Uh, you just kind of move forward. So um, that's that's the kind of protocol that, that's been laid down. So I think uh, in, in my mind, I was, I was happy with that because there wasn't any, there wasn't any sense or feeling that we're not having football. It's a deal where there may be pauses, there may be hiccups. You may be, oh, we're going to play such and such next week, and and on Tuesday or Wednesday they have a they have an outbreak, and that's what they're calling it in quotes. Uh, and then then they don't come to your place. You know, it's a bye week basically. Um, so I think those ebbs and flows are going to happen. Now, do they affect Alcoa? Do they affect Maryville, William Blunt, uh, Heritage, or Greenback? I, we don't know. We don't know, and hopefully. Uh, impact is is on the reciprocating end, like the other team uh, has that. And I'm not wishing ill will on anybody. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm wishing health on our teams. Uh, I guess is what I'm doing. But but what I'm saying is is as as regulations go and and as as things happen, not everybody's going to agree to them. And and looking at some tweets and some different things last night, um, there's some very strong feeling uh, people out there. And, and I can appreciate that. Uh, I feel like I'm one of those. Uh, I have strong feelings about a lot of things. Uh, not always do I think my idea is the best. Uh, but like I say, I own it. It's mine. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I, I do understand that maybe I don't have the full picture. But looking at some of the responses uh, uh, that, that people put on social media, I would just uh, I would just say, you know, Go in, and you'll have to read it a couple times because the these and thous and the way things are worded uh, sometimes gets a little hard to understand. 
but but basically, uh, people are interested. The TWSAA is interested in having sports, uh, but not at the risk of uh, of spreading this virus and really exploding this thing out. So uh, I think being overcritical helps you be underprepared, helps you from being unprepared. Uh, so I think at that rate, you, you kind of got to do what you got to do there. But regardless, uh, looks like September 18th, barring any additional guidelines from our governor, uh, is when we're going to have football at the latest, uh, as early as August 21st here for, for, for WGAP, WKVL, as that's when Alcoa and Maryville uh, would kick off. But eight-game regular season, uh, winner and runner-up of each region goes to the playoffs, a little shortened playoff week. Uh, is is the worst case scenario? Uh, best case scenario is Governor Lee allows players to start practice by August the third, and if they hit the practice field on August the third and have no hiccups, they can literally uh, start their season on time. So I think gave way for a full season potential, but gave the contingency of if the governor's order stays in place through the end of August. So. Uh, that's where we're at. The TWSAA got got a, a decision out there, uh, agreed upon by, by their members, but uh, maybe not impressed uh, by all the great people of the state of Tennessee. But, you know, that's, that's the way it goes. I, I don't know that there's any time that uh, we're all going to be happy. But you know what we are happy about? The flip side of the break, we talk about real baseball. We talk about two games tonight, Yankees-Nats and Giants-Dodgers. We'll talk about it on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, Thursday edition. We'll be right back. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Hunters and wildlife biologists have turned to Moultrie game cameras to enhance their outdoor scouting needs. And outdoor enthusiasts turn to Rule King for the lowest prices every day. This week's Rudy special is a W300 game camera kit or a D300 game camera kit, normally $79.99, now just $39.99 each. This is while supplies last. Check out your outdoor and hunting headquarters at your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In response to the COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak, and in what the Blunt Partnership sees is the best interest of its visitors, employees, and community, Taste of Blunt, slated for September 10th in Maryville. The Townsend Fall Festival, scheduled for September 25th and 26th at the Townsend Visitor Center. 
and the Best of Blunt Awards, booked in October, are canceled. The events will not be rescheduled in 2020. These fall events are cherished productions that the community looks forward to annually, but the current environment is not conducive to holding large events where physical distancing is difficult. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blount County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007 or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. 2020 has been anything but predictable, but there is one thing we can count on. Football will be back. Blunt Broadcasting is proud to remain the radio home for two of Tennessee's most successful high school football programs, Maribel High School and Alcoa High School. Each team looks to repeat as state champions, and your support is needed to get these great programs off and running here in 2020. So, if you or your business would like to support these great student-athletes and great coaches, then help Blunt Broadcasting get their games on the radio. Give us a call and let WGAP and WKVL Radio get working for you. Give us a call at 865-724-1100. That's 865-724-1100. Or shoot us an email at info at WKVL.com. Let's work together to get your great business and these local high schools the exposure they have earned and deserve. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts. We've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcast and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports.
An opening day is a real thing. What about it? Uh, we are now uh, trying to cut this song off, but uh, by the way, I own no rights to that song, so uh, John Fogarty said I could play it. If you don't believe me, ask his Twitter. Yeah, he doesn't have one. Uh, but anyway, anyway, opening day 2020 is right here uh, about a few months late, but July 23rd nonetheless is just as good a day as any to be opening day for Major League Baseball, and it will be a doozy as it's a soft start for Major League Baseball, just two games on the docket for tonight. But the New York Yankees will be at the defending champ Washington Nationals, and the San Francisco Giants will travel just shortly, I guess, downstate, uh, to go to Los Angeles for a 10 p.m. Eastern time uh, first pitch. You talk about the Nationals and the uh, the Yankees matchup. It's going to be a uh, a matchup of the World Series. And people are like, I don't understand. The uh, Yankees didn't make the World Series. You're right, but Garrett Cole sure did. And Garrett Cole will be on the mound for the Yankees, and Max Scherzer will be on the mound for the Nationals. Uh, it's a 7 p.m. Eastern time start, first pitch, and uh, and it's. I think it's going to be a really good good game. I, I think the Yankees have have become healthy uh, in the in this this pandemic stricken 2020 year, and uh, I think you know what they're going to be able to bring to the table is something that has a lot of firepower. And then they've added guys and aces like Garrett Cole um, to the bullpen to be able to to add pitching. Uh, to the hitting that is, has been very good uh, for a couple years. But if you look at the Nationals, a lot of people are, are uh, I don't want to say throwing shade, but a little bit. Uh, the, they're thinking, you know, well, the Nationals had a really good team and then they've, they've lost some things and they've done some things that, that uh, it's really not putting them in the best position uh, to necessarily win. And, and you know, I'm not going to say that they're wrong, but I will say they said the same thing last year. I will say through the majority of 162 game schedule, the Nationals didn't look good. Uh, they they had moments, but very little uh, long term promise. Did 2019 give the Nationals? And they're sitting there with the uh, with the World Series trophy sitting in their in their lobby right now. So here's what I say: uh, You are till you ain't, and uh, right now they are the champion, and they will continue to be so until this 60 games is through, and so. Uh, I still think you're going to the champ's house uh, to try to take one from them. And, and, and again, I'm a, I'm a Yankees fan, so the push will be uh, for, as, uh, as Red Sox fans call them, the, the Stanks, uh, to go into Washington and get some things going. But uh, I'm excited for what it looks like just because it's real baseball. I, I mean, I've been watching the inter-squad games for the Yankees and for the Braves. I've been watching some of this this preseason stuff, but but there's just something about games that don't matter that don't matter to me, <laughs> and 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 I don't know how else to say that. It's just it's one of those I don't know what it is, but when something's on the line, it just means more, you know. And that's not coined in the Southeastern Conference, but it it, it is just uh, when when it's uh, after tonight when the Yankees have 59 games left, it's going to mean more to me whether they win or lose. Uh, but when they're playing, you know, the Mets in a in a inner, you know, really non-conference preseason, whatever you want to call it, game, one, no fans in the stands kind of get it because a lot of times, you know, you'll kind of people watch even on TV and you can't do that now. So you really have to pay attention and uh, let's just say it's not interesting enough for me. But 
First pitch, 7 p.m. Eastern time. I think it'll be it'll be interesting uh, how the TV keeps it keeps it you know live because again there will be some level of noise piped in I think and there will be a certain level of time that has to be filled that will not be able to be done so uh, by the crowd. So I'll, I'll be uh, really kind of watching to see what the dynamics that the TV crews bring to the table because I think this gives them an opportunity to really. Uh, dig in and give uh, give meaningful, I guess, information about the players, about the two teams, about the rivalry, about you know all the dynamics that is team sports. Uh, that that really, you know, you don't have time to do because you're you're making sure the fan experience is there. You're making sure people are there, uh, and that's just not going to be the case now. So uh, again, New York, Washington, seven p.m. pitch, first pitch, San Francisco, Los Angeles, a little bit later, a ten p.m. Eastern time. First pitch, but out there, I guess it'll be. I guess it'll be a seven o'clock start uh, out there. Uh, Johnny Cueto and Clayton Kershaw will be the starting pitchers uh, for for that matchup. Both these games will be televised on ESPN. Uh, so again, I'm assuming it will be on the app as well because I know for us, uh, we're gearing up for a uh, a small family birthday party uh, this weekend as my big guy turns eight years old. Jackson has a uh, birthday. It's crazy. Uh, that he's turning eight, but uh, he definitely he definitely fits the bill. He's uh, he's he's amazing in a lot of different ways. Uh, but he will be turning eight next week, and his party will be this weekend. So we will be in cleanup mode, house uh, preparation mode. Uh, but we will have the game on absolutely, and of course Boone and I uh, will talk about uh, the results there in the morning. But Friday has a has a full slate as well, and we'll talk about that a lot tomorrow. Um, but, I mean, you look at it, Atlanta and the Mets, I mean, not necessarily a, a, a star-studded uh, deal, but I'm just excited anytime Atlanta is able to hit the field. I like the Royals and the, the Indians. Uh, I like, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of historic rivalries uh, in some ways. of uh, uh, and, and then the, the, the Giants and the, and the Dodgers will play again tomorrow, so that, that kind of helps things there. Uh, but then you've got Mike Trout and the Angels going to Oakland. Um, I think that's going to be two hopefully surprise teams out of California uh, that that can do some things this week. Jeffy Mack will be catching Pittsburgh, taking on the Cardinals. Uh, they're an eight fifteen start, but it is a Friday, so at least it's not like NASCAR where they put good stuff on a Wednesday. But anyway, anyway, I digress. Like I do that a lot. Like digression may be a better name for the show than the grind because we we stay off topic more than we stay on. But hey. It's 6 a.m. There's coffee involved. I feel like it's it's par for the course. But but anyway, I I'd like to hear from somebody. You know what what's the what's the dynamic? You know I've 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 read a bunch of social media, and I swear if you if I'm pretty sure um, there's words and there's uh, there's uh, syndromes for what you would be if you listen to everything uh, that came across social media because it's. It's hilarious, and maybe maybe my follow list is pretty diverse, uh, but but it's amazing. Like from one post to the next, I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, this guy's really you know pro this. The next post, oh, well he's kind of against what that guy says, but they don't know each other, so it's not really against each other. And then this guy down here is like, you know, kumbaya, can't we all get along? And and so I'm just like. I'm really feeling like not that social media should ever be something that forms opinions. It should just be where you understand the opinions of others. And I think that's maybe a good good 
correlation and link to make. Uh, I hope nobody out there, and if you do, I can't tell you to change, but I can say that I would strongly suggest don't don't be uh, don't form your opinion based on social media. One more times than not, that's not a professional of anything. I mean, I would argue that even listening to me right now, I appreciate anybody that's listening right now, but I'll tell you this. Uh, Wayne's opinion is just Wayne's opinion. I may use some data to try to verify or justify my opinion, and if that if that sinks in with you, well, good, because, I mean, I agree with it. But what I'm saying is, is, is social media is volatile at best. I mean, we're talking a couple years ago, pre-COVID, I think everything's going to be relative to now pre-COVID. You know, I think, you know, when you talk about snow, it's like, oh, that was a good snow, but that wasn't a 1993 snow. I think we're going to get to that with COVID. Well, this is a rough sports year, but it's not a 2020. It's not a COVID-19 year. And I think so from here on out, uh, that's going to be kind of a line in the sand that, that everybody's drawn. But, you know, when you look across – when you look across the dynamic that is social media and 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 the restart of sports i mean from our from our venue from this location in this chair we've been talking about nothing but historical sports and which all is great all is fun um but not necessarily just the dynamic we're looking to push but there're people that are really mad about that and i'm not looking to change that opinion I'm not looking to 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 say, listen, you know, uh, we want to be less safe and we just need to play sports. That's that's not where I'm at. I, I will say that I think I, I think you have to understand what you're against and then and then how much room is between you and that thing, and then work in that window. Uh, and, and and I think with the regulations, with understanding how to detect, because I think at this point we're we're still working on vaccines. We're still working on a lot of things to get the occurrence portion of getting the virus down. But right now, it's about it's about prevention of spreading. It's about understanding when when you have contracted it and how when you are susceptible to spreading. And I think that dynamic is what is is going to spin uh, spin this thing in or out of control. So I, I think there's there's guidelines that's been put in place. If you if you think it should have just been washed out and try again next year, then that's your opinion. Uh, that that's very much and and you know what uh there's some people there's a lot of people that would agree uh i i don't i don't i tend not to be one of those i i think there's there's if there was if it was so out of control uh that we didn't know um then i would agree with you but i I think a lot of this explosion a lot of this spread is because people don't think it's real And, and until that happens i mean it's it's like every other social issue that we're hitting today is people don't think it's an issue so I, I don't think at this rate stopping's gonna gonna fix that. I think being cautious, understanding what we got to do, and pushing through is what's going to be best for 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 a lot of things. And, and again, I said yesterday, uh, these kids walk the schools, walk the aisles uh, with a bunch of people. Uh, let's hit let's hit the football field. So uh, I think I think they're going to do that. I think at, at some level, it's either going to it's going to be between August twenty first and September eighteenth. We found that out yesterday. Barring a extension of Governor Lee's order. Uh, we will have football this fall. So uh, it, it's one of those deals that today's an exciting day because it's opening day for baseball. Between now and 66 days from now, we will have 60 baseball games for every Major League franchise. 
that's going to be fun. Every day we'll be able to talk some level of baseball, some level of results, and for the first time in my life, baseball, every game will matter. And, and you know, I, I think Baseball Purist says, well, it does. It did before, I argue. But uh, here's the deal. The Yankees, Nationals, and Giants, Dodgers kick it off tonight. We're going to take our last break of the day. Listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk 44 days until it's football time in Tennessee and really dive in uh, to some great players who have worn 44 for Tennessee and some local feel that wear 44 right now for the Big Orange. We'll talk it on the flip side of the break. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Opening day 2020. I don't know that we thought it would ever be here, but it's here right now. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. 2020 has been anything but predictable, but there is one thing we can count on. Football will be back. Blunt Broadcasting is proud to remain the radio home for two of Tennessee's most successful high school football programs, Maribel High School and Alcoa High School. Each team looks to repeat as state champions, and your support is needed to get these great programs off and running here in 2020. So, if you or your business would like to support these great student-athletes and great coaches, then help Blunt Broadcasting get their games on the radio. Give us a call and let WGAP and WKVL Radio get working for you. Give us a call at 865-724-1100. That's 865-724-1100. Or shoot us an email at info at WKVL.com. Let's work together to get your great business and these local high schools the exposure they have earned and deserve. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. On Thursday, July 30th, 2020, the Maryville Huddle will host an online candidate forum. State House candidates for Districts 20 and 8, as well as Congressional District 2 candidates, will participate. For more information, please contact the Maryville Huddle at maryvilletnhuddle at gmail.com. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us 
on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Got something you're grinding on? Give us a call at 865-983-4310. Now back to The Grind with host Wayne Kaiser. 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Thursday edition of The Grind. 44 days until it's football time in Tennessee. 44, a number that is synonymous with really good football in a lot of different areas, Tennessee being a big portion of that. Bobby Majors, tailback, defensive back, and punter, 69 through 71, could do everything in a football uniform. He returned punts all three years of his varsity career, setting a school record for career punt returns with 117 and yardage of 1,163. He also returned kickoffs his All-American year with a 30.1-yard average, the third highest in program history. Majors completed his special teams threat by punting for the Vols in 70 and 71, but the defensive backfield was where Major flourished he set the school record with 10 interceptions in 1970 that was playing for coach uh, Lon Hirschbrand uh, and and really being a part of those 70-71 defenses that hasn't been seen before and won't be soon seen since uh talking about number 44 is why I wore the number uh Jerry Smith tailback defensive back from 64 to 66 says I wore 44 because in 1964 Many great running backs had that number. Uh, Floyd Little of Syracuse uh, played in the Gator Bowl in 66. He wore 44, uh, said, Today I mark all my golf balls 44 and try to only use number four balls when I play. He said, I got a hole-in-one on April the 20th, 2012 at the Avalon Letterman's Club, and it has 44 on it, and it has a number four Bridgestone. So talk about the number being ingrained in who you are. Um, Mr. Jerry Smith definitely takes that to heart. But you look at uh, the all-time number 44, John Skeeter Bailey, 1937-38. Kenneth Bales, 1939. William Bill Meek, 1940-41-42. T.J. Hill, 1944. Ray Stanzak, uh, 1945. Clarence Hughley, uh, 1946. Bill Ford. 1950, Andy Romeo, 1951, Jimmy Wade, 1954, Danny Webb, 1955 and 57, Bill Majors, uh, 58, 9 and 60, Dave Shields, David Shields, 1961, Wayne Bush, 62 and 3, Jerry Smith, 64 through 66, Don McLeary, 1967, Nick Showalter, 1968, Bobby Majors, 69 through 71. Neil Claybo, 72, 3, and 4. Uh, Greg Graves, 1975. Craig Pukey, Pukey, 
Uh, 76, 77, 8, and 9. Alvin Tolles, 82 through 84. Mike Kelly, 86 and 8, 7. Chucky, the big man Webb, 89 and 90. Uh, honestly, barring a knee injury, probably one of the more prolific running backs in Tennessee history. Uh, Mario Brunson, 91, 2, and 3. Craig King, 95 and 6. Austin Kemp, 98, 99. Michael Brewster, 2001, Omar Gaither, 03, 4, and 5. Josh Hawkins, 08 and 09. Sam Thomas, 2009 and 10. And Maurice Couch, 11 and 12. The current number 44s on the roster, uh, you look at one, uh, and, and it is Cheyenne Labruza, a defensive back, 5'11, 188. He's a redshirt junior out of Albany, Louisiana, by way of Albany High School, and, uh, and a well known. Uh, Blunt County product, local kid, uh, T. Hodge is rocking the 44 uh, for Tennessee. He's uh, He showed the 44 when he was on campus and when he did his official visit, but once it was announced that he would carry 44 from Maryville and take it to the University of Tennessee, I just think it's a great fit. It's a big back number, and, uh, and T uh, against Oakland uh, in the state championship game. Uh, in all of the 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 moments that needed a big push, the big guy kept those feet churning and carried guys into the end zone. So uh, I'm excited for what T. Hodge brings to the table, the power he run with uh, for the Rebels. I think he can very much do for the Volunteers, and I'm excited uh, for what that's going to look like for him as he makes his way to Knoxville. Of course, his his spring and his summer has kind of been uh, tainted by by 2020 COVID. Uh, but like I said, he's not alone in that regard. Uh, a lot of players will be affected, impacted, and and quite frankly, uh, growth stunted uh, as as we move forward in the world of sports. But you look at at, at the list of best players to ever wear the number, uh, a big number forty four, a guy you may have heard of before, hammering Hank Aaron, number forty four for Major League Baseball. He is a twenty five time All Star second only to Barry Bonds in all-time home runs with an asterisk, uh, second in all-time at bats, and third in all-times game played. Uh, Aaron was the National League home run champion four times during his career and holds the major league record with 17 consecutive seasons with 150 or more hits. In 1957, Aaron was a member of the World Series champion Milwaukee Braves and was named the National League MVP. His number has since been retired by the Braves and the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, and, and so a great number 44. Uh, that, that is another one that has a, an image here in the WKVL studios and, and a great, great number 44 ambassador for the number, uh, if you will, Hammer and Hank Aaron. Uh, other number 44s to, to note, Pistol Pete Maravich of the NBA. Uh, he was number 44 and a, a – I don't know. They call him the Diesel. I don't know that I remember that name, but John Big Man Riggins uh, is a number 44 that you got to remember when you think of, of four and four. It says it's not much for – he said, I'm not much for X's and O's. All that stuff really can't prepare you for a defense. He said you have to adjust to what they do uh, from play to play. That's why I like to carry the ball a lot. It lets me get a feel for what the defense is doing. Uh, Riggins was also always known as an up – close and personal kind of runner and uh, that that comment doesn't surprise me a bit 14 NFL seasons led to a 1992 
uh, Hall of Fame enshrinement in Canton. Went in as a Redskin for the most part, but has some images here of him playing with the Jets. But if you look at it, out of Kansas, the 6'2", 230-pounder, John Ro- Robert John Riggins, was a Kansas All-American. Says Riggins played at Syracuse. Okay, well, number one draft pick, 1971, career record 11,352 yards, 104 touchdowns rushing, 2,090 yards receiving, 13,442 combined net yards, 116 touchdowns. He was most valuable player with 166 rushing yards and a 43-yard game-winning touchdown in Super Bowl 17 and five 1,000-yard rushing seasons. He was Pro Bowl played in the 1976 season. He was All-NFL in 1983 and basically sat out the 1980 season voluntarily out of Seneca, Kansas. Uh, John Riggins, a 14-year veteran, and you look at him, mean as uh, – I mean, as far as running, he was just a hard-nosed runner. And uh, it's just – it's amazing that uh, – I don't know, you just look back and you still want people to run like John Riggins. You still want people to be as aggressive as John Riggins. And and it just – sometimes it happens, but most of the time you just still go, man, still not 44. Still not going to run like that. And you talk about it, and 44 – I don't know if it, if it's just how it's worked out, but, I mean, you look at Chuck Webb, you look at John Riggins, you look at, at a lot of guys that you see that wear 44, uh, they're not interested in being the next such, so-and-so, a great that wore 44 before him. They're, they're interested in being the next John Riggins. They're interested in being the next Chuck Webb. Uh, so 44 is a name that – or a number that I would associate with some toughness and ultimately um, – you, you know, a number that, that has represented uh, such in the past. Jason, I'm going to look this up. I don't – it's not that I don't believe you. I do believe you. But I don't know why uh, the Hall of Fame website would have him playing at Syracuse. I didn't know. I knew he played for the Skins. So, we're going to check him out. We're going to check it right out right here. He is from Seneca, Kansas. It says he played at Kansas. That's what it says. Right here, Wikipedia. And you know that stuff don't lie. 6'2", 230 pounds. Who knows? Says he plays for the Jets from 71 to 75 and played for the Skins 76 through 1985. Uh, Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl champ, first team all pro. He was a Burt Bell Award winner. NFL Comeback Player of the Year 1978. And he was two-time rushing touchdown leader 83 and 84. Uh, He was on the NFL 80s All-Decade team. And he's in the Washington Redskins Ring of Honor. So, uh, again, John Riggins is a 44 that you want to remember and that um, uh, until somebody proves me otherwise, uh, a 44 that's uh, in football world uh, right up there with the best of them. Uh, when you look at 1944, though, there was, a, there was some champions that came out of that year. Green Bay, the Packers defeated the New York Giants, the football Giants, in New York City 30-7. to for the NFL title, and then the Army Cadets were the college football national champions, as it were, in 1944. If you look at baseball, um, June 10th through the 15th, uh, Joe Nuxhall becomes the youngest baseball player to pitch a game in a major league history. Uh, He was 15 years old. World Series saw the St. Louis Cardinals defeat the St. Louis Browns uh, four games to two. I guess that home and away didn't mean a whole lot to that series. 
when you look at the Hall of Fame election, Commissioner Kennesaw Mountain Landis is elected to the Hall of Fame committee uh, following his death the previous month. So uh, the longest delayed selection to the Hall of Fame of the at least 10 players in the 19th century. Uh, they promised to fix that uh, the next season. The Fort Wayne Zollner Pistons won three games to none over the Sheboygan Redskins to win the NBL championship. That's Basketball League championship. Wish that either one of those teams were still around. The Sheboygan Redskins or the Fort Wayne Zollner Pistons. I feel like they had a lot of time to think of those names. Uh, in 1944, August 4th, the war bonds fight was a $36 million in raised funds for the war effort as Bo Jack wins a 10-round decision over Bob Montgomery at New York City's Madison Square Garden. A few weeks later, they were both drafted on the same day to enter the U.S. Army. So again, a $36 million fight turned side-by-side uh, -side Army, I guess, cadet, uh, was a boxing match between Bo Jack and Bob Montgomery. Uh, that's really what, what had happened uh, in that year. 1944 had halted some sports due to World War II. There was no Masters. There was no U.S. Open, no British Open, but the PGA Championship went to Bob Hamilton. So anyway, that's where we're at in 1944. Uh, no, no uh, doesn't look like there was any Triple Crown. Uh, or no, there was. There was Triple Crown. Kentucky Derby was won by Pensive. The Preakness also won by Pensive. And the Belmont Stakes won by Bounding Home. So no Triple Crown in 1944. But as we finish up today's show, want to mention uh, that there is a rumor out there about Maryville College not having football. Uh, an article in the Daily Times put that out there. Uh, I'm going to sit on it. I'm going to wait and see. President says that's not the real rule, so we're gonna we're gonna find out who's who uh, who's ahead of the game, because if it's not the decision, and then later this week it is, then I side with Troy. But if it's not, and they go a different direction, then we've jumped out there just a touch early. So I'm gonna hold serve on it. Uh, I I hope Maryville College, in, in the the grand scheme of 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 the USA South, has has looked this thing over and gives themselves an opportunity to play. But as the, the word shakes out right now, uh, that doesn't look uh, to be the dynamic. So uh, we'll see if, if the media got it early or if the administration couldn't keep it in. Uh, we'll talk about what that looks like as it, as it breaks. But hopefully today and tomorrow uh, we will have more in regards to what the Scots will do on the football field. But didn't want to really dig into it today as information is sketchy at best. Sketchy is probably a really good word for both sides of that coin. So, anyway, opening day for baseball. Real sports happen tonight with players. We've had NASCAR for some time, but baseball hits us tonight. Nationals and Yankees and Giants and Dodgers. Check it out tonight, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. If you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on. We'll see you tomorrow. You don't want to miss it.